Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Hello, everybody. I'm Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach. I'm the founder of the Dream Business Mastermind and Coaching Program, creator of Dream Business Academy, founder of No Hassle Newsletters, and host of this podcast, Dream Business Radio, now in its ninth year. Welcome to another fantastic live interview. And um, this this special day, you know, sorry. <laughs> what? So I'm getting ready to go live and I push the button and it just wouldn't go and wouldn't go. And, it, you know, I live on boat Wi-Fi. So whenever I do this, I get slightly flustered, but we are professionals here. My special guest today is Joe Perone. Joe, how are you today? Captain Jim, I'm phenomenal. And you're <laughs> on a boat, so I know you're doing well. I'm doing well. And I know I said, okay, three, two, one. Then it was about 10 seconds later. I said, I, I said don't fail me now, but Wi-Fi. <laughs> anyway, Joe Perone is a strategist who helps business owners reclaim their time freedom, which is an expression you know I use all the time. He believes that your business should run itself. It shouldn't run you into the ground. And Joe's been helping his clients find full enjoyment in everything they create and do without burning out. Joe is an entrepreneur himself. He owns and operates two successful automotive repair shops, and he does it on six hours a week. A week. <laughs> We're going to find out if that's slick marketing or, or whatever. But anyway, I, I like that. It's a really, really good goal. Joe's favorite way to invest his reclaimed time is by building strong relationships with his wife, his two young sons, his network, and his friends. If you've been following me for any amount of time, you know Oh, Captain Jim says you can achieve financial freedom in your business, and that leads to time freedom. So when I saw Joe's information come across my desk, which is, oh, let me test my memory here, my colander of a brain. I think it was Meredith Bell or Denise Griffiths. One of the two introduced. Was I close, Joe? Because I really oh. put myself on the spot. So a good friend of mine, Meredith, introduced me to Joe, and um, I was really happy to have him come on and share his wisdom with the dream business community. Uh, before we dive in, I just want to remind you again that you can get all six of my books uh, available in digital format for free. You can download them at, at, as Kindle books on Amazon, nookbooks at bnn.com, and also in the iBookstore. This is now and forever. There's no special promotion. This is part of my whole focusing on building my legacy. So I want to get more and more information out to help entrepreneurs because as much as I want to help more entrepreneurs, I do not want to work more than three days a week on my boat. So that's how I'm doing that. It is March the 2nd as I'm doing this live broadcast from Marathon down in the Keys in Florida. Stephanie and I are here through the end of the month, and then we'll begin our uh, about a month-long trek up to the Chesapeake Bay. and. Um, Anyway, that's all good. So, Joe, uh, I'm really excited to uh, talk with you, and um, we're starting to build a little audience. Jeff Herring, very, very talented guy. If you if you want to know more content marketing, you should follow follow Jeff. I think I interviewed him two weeks ago. But what is your what's your entrepreneurial story? Did you start your automotive shops? Was your dad or your granddad entrepreneurs? Like, who inspired you? Or as my expression goes, are you a first generation entrepreneur? Yeah, and it's great to be here, Jim, on your great show. And I know how passionate you are about helping business owners achieve that, that dream business life that they're so happy to share 
uh, with you in, in the audience. So excellent. Third, third generation business owner uh, in the automotive space that I'm in um, started 1998 with no, you know, just working as an employee, no family ties to the business um, was a, you know, floor, floor sweeper, garbage pail, emptier car detailer, you know, uh, started from the bottom. Yeah. And, you know, learn, learned many aspects of the business and learned that I, I liked, first of all, doing more than I was paid to do. I always had that entrepreneurial sense where I, I had that notion that I owned the business. I would treat it as the business owner and that, that served me well. I didn't know at the time that that's what I was doing, but that was the work ethic and the, mm -hmm. the drive that I had. And, um, you know, 1998 was a, was a young 17 going on 18 year old in the business. And, uh, Worked my way up through there, and that's a whole nother. Uh, that could be a, a mini series. See, that, that, that's why your beard's all gray, and my, I mean, that's why your beard's all black and mine's gray. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, quite a bit younger than I am, but yeah, you know, it is that work ethic. That's actually, I think, you know, as uh, as I look back now at sixty three, I look back at my early years, and um, so many of the jobs I had, I was like, if they asked for it, I said yes. Who wants to step up? I did. I figured that's the greatest way to to make yourself more valuable to the business. So. So that was a good work ethic, but somewhere along the way, um, well, I don't want to cut your story short. So when, when did you have one and then two automotive repair shops? So the first one was, you know, we, we bought the, me and my, um, coworker, we bought the business. The, um, the previous owner was going through some, some things and, and, um, it was going to go possibly into bankruptcy and he had some debts and, and stuff like that. But we, um, we overpaid for the business, but that was okay because we knew what we had invested in as far as our time there. And we loved the customers and we had a good base. So um, we decided to take a risk and, and purchase the business in the, in the building that it was in. And, um, you know, that was the, the first one. And then, you know, going through about 10 years of, of business, we learned slowly. And I say slowly because, I, I you know, you know, on this entrepreneurial journey, there's, there's many ways that you can learn things and, you know, you can learn it fast and hard, or you can learn it kind of low and slow. And, and we kind of learned it low and slow. And the second business came in, it's a, uh, we have an automotive repair business, but what we learned was that in our collision business, we would see people on average once every few years, once maybe every three to five years, people would refer us business and we'd see their family members. We had good word of mouth. Mm -hmm. But we were looking for a way to touch those customers a little more frequently. So we found with a service business like, you know, automotive service, oil changes, details, regular maintenance. We could see those customers four times a year versus once every five years. So um, it, the business, the automotive repair ended up being next door to our business. It was, it's a, it was a, always a repair shop separately owned. And uh, when it came available, we said, hey, we, you know, we'd like to add this into our portfolio of businesses to, so we can serve people better. Yeah. Multiple streams of revenue. That's what it's about. How, what, what, what else can you sell your current customers, right? So you don't have to build another customer base. Um, well, I want to weave into because we only got a half an hour. But um, so somewhere along the line, I'm guessing with two businesses, you're, you were probably working 60, 70, 80 hours a week and 
and and being Mr. Entrepreneur, never say no. If it has to be done, you're going to do it. And I'm I'm just we don't know each other that well. So for the folks watching, so I'm just guessing, Joe, that at some point you said to your wife, "Honey, I'm doing it for the family because you were never there." Right. Um, so at some point you decided or or really felt that you were burning yourself out and you and you want to find a different way to to be a business owner. What's that? What was that story like? Yeah, so the brief story is uh, 2014, we were having our best year ever, me and my business partner. And it was, like you said, it was say no to no one. Flip the keys here. We'll get it done for you by Friday. That was our, yep. that was our MO. And there were no boundaries. There, were no, there was no saying no. And got to the point where my partner and I, we, we wore every hat and we didn't sub out anything. Everything was under our, our, our control. And for me, August 2014, it all came to a head because I had a, a severe anxiety attack, string of anxiety attacks, and had to be rushed to the emergency room. And this oh, was, wow. And this was as a result of, you know, dehydration, not eating properly. I, I wasn't taking care of my, my body, not exercising. I didn't have the, you know, I didn't have the time, Jim. That's As it. Most business owners. Say, so you either didn't eat, or if, or you threw down fast food or something, right? Just so you yeah. weren't hungry. You know, just just not not focusing on me, and you know the old air mask story. I had a, I, I was forgetting to put my air mask on first, much to the much to the detriment of my own body, and and my body told me straight out, said no more. Wow. So did were you in the hospital for a while, or what? Did you even have any idea that you were having an anxiety attack? Jim, I didn't know what it was. It could have been a heart attack. It could, I, I didn't know what it was. My body just shut down, collapsed me right in the floor of my, my automotive shop. I had, I had still had envelopes and paperwork in hand and I just, you know, couldn't, couldn't go anymore. And it mm. was a it was really terrible feeling. And, and I, I wish that on no business owner that's, that's listening to us out there. So what's the first step? I mean, today you have created time freedom. As, as I read in the intro, you, you work six hours a week. Um, I don't know if your goal is six hours a month, but we'll, we'll, maybe you'll get there. So how did you create time freedom in your business? How did you, what, what was step one? Well, you know, for me, it was slowing down to see what were the things that I was doing? Where was my time being allocated as it were? And, you know, I was doing a lot of those things. I was, I was majoring in minor things as, as our friend Jim Rohn would say, right? Yeah. And I looked at all these things that I was so busy doing. And the first step for me was start looking to professionals to take some of that load off of my plate. So marketing was really the first, first place where I sought out help. And I found a great marketing person, which we still have to this day, that showed me how to get, get focused, super focused on what was our ideal customer? Who did we want? How to fire a client? You know, there were clients that we, we just had to say no to because mm -hmm. they were you know, 80-20 rule, right? Pareto principle. They were 80% of our headaches and it was 20% of our revenue. We were just so inundated by clients like these because we just said, bring it on in, bring it on in. So that it was a lot, that was like the first step to creating that space and giving up some of that control that we, that perceived control that we thought we had.
So um, before the before the uh, anxiety attack and rush to the hospital, were you were doing your own marketing? Were you any good at it? Did you like it, or did you just feel it needed done? And what did what did you think? Well, we've got cash flow now with the two businesses. Let me just get that off my plate. Like, what was the sequence there? Great, great question, Jim. So we. I would be the guy up at night doing the Facebook ads, updating the Google page. You know, we were one of the first auto body shops on Yelp before Yelp was even a thing for restaurants. Oh, wow. You know, and we, we were focused on that. And I would do everything. I'd respond to the reviews at night. I would, you know, be up trying to create posts for the morning, gathering pictures, editing pictures. I had no way to manage or measure what was coming in from that. All I knew, Jim, was that we were busy and getting busier, and it was nonstop. We had backlogs of work, and it was it was great, but we had no way to track it. We had no way to, to measure and manage it. Well, when and, we since met, you were, and since you weren't tracking it, Joe, you just kept doing more of it, which meant staying up late and doing it, because you assumed that was why you were you were busy, right? Right. And you know what what gets what gets measured, you're you're able to manage. And we, we right. had no way to measure it. And then Case in point, no way to manage it. Hmm. So one of the first things that we did when we found a mark, the marketing person that we currently have, they they came in first with, listen, we know that you you need marketing. We know that you know you we're going to serve your ads to people. We're going to show you where it's coming in. We're going to show you how to track this so you know where your jobs are coming from, where where the the lead source and the referrals are coming from. And that was one of the first things that we had a, a management system and a measurement system in place to know exactly where our marketing dollars were going. So it seems to me, you know, hindsight's a great thing. 2020 vision, looking backwards, right? There's so many things. Um, our, our stories are slightly similar. I was never rushed to the hospital, but I, I used to have this. I was doing it all. And when it got to be a little too much, I said, well, I'll just sleep less because I don't want to take away from my family time. So I'd be up at three in the morning. And oh, in fact, one of my expressions today, which I couldn't do if I started being an entrepreneur at 63, is sleep a little less if you have to. But I was a much younger man then. But it seems to me that the, um, the panic attack and everything else led to you offloading the marketing so it would less time for you. But then when you hired a marketing professional, I'm guessing, they started doing things and I'm just curious. So you obviously have to pay for them, but I'm, I'm guessing your marketing is probably more efficient, you know, whether it's per click or, or whatever. So it was probably a very good thing, right? That was one of the good outcomes I'm, I'm guessing. Well, it was one of the very good things. And what we found was when I saw how much time I was spending on this marketing that we couldn't quantify if it was working or not, we couldn't, we couldn't quantify what we were getting out of it. When I took all that time and I put it in a box and I said, okay, I'm going to take this 20 hours per week that I'm doing, which it's really five hours because in between, you know, Facebook posting, I'm scrolling and, you know, I'm not committing 20 hours. This is a lot of wasted time here. Right. When, we, when I saw what a value of my hour was worth either for my business or with my family, when I found out what that time was worth, when we multiplied it by how much I could offload that, boy, it was a fraction of the cost of what, what it was going to be for an investment with a marketing company. Yeah. Uh, there's so many questions I want to ask you. I'm, I'm actually <laughs> deliberating which ones, and I, I keep looking over at my clock here. But um, so that was so you slowed down and you got clear, and then you offloaded marketing. I, 
I really want to ask you another question, but let me go for a second one. So I'm guessing if you offloaded marketing, Joe, that probably freed, let's just say, let's say you were at 60 hours. Let's say that freed up 10. You're still working 50 hours. Did you suddenly start eating better? Like what was the next thing to get yourself to where you are today? Well, what I realized that for anything in my life to change, I had to change. Okay. And I realized that everything up to that day was an outcome of how I was being and, and the decisions that I made, the lifestyle choices that I made. And I knew, I knew that I had to do something and it was a really tough, you know, ego, ego, uh, kick to say, Hey, it's not everybody else. It's you, your mm -hmm. health, that's your responsibility. These are your choices. These are the things that you have to focus on. Okay. So I systematically went through every, every area where I knew how's my health doing. Okay. Where are the health, how, how do healthy people act? Where are the habits of healthy people? Okay, wealth. Okay, yeah, I'm 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 making a great income, more money than I had ever made in my life. Okay, that's great. But where where can you where can you fine tune that? You know, little little less going out. Could you budget a little bit better? So how, mm -hmm. how do wealthy people handle money? It's not just cash flow. You know, get a better you know get a better accountant. These were things that start nitpicking at every pillar of my life, health, wealth, love, and happiness, and pick apart every pillar, what wasn't working and realize that it was me. And I had to, I'm really, it. yeah, I'm really curious. Did you work with anybody, counselor, coach, therapist, mentor, or were you kind of figuring this all out on your own? Cause I mean, the way you're talking about it now, it sounds very logical, but sometimes when we're in, in our own stuff, I'll call it, you know, it, it's hard to see the way forward. How, how, how did you do that? So I found a, an online mentor. You know, I was just up late 3 a.m. You know, that was my typical wake up time. Like you said, Jim, 3 yeah. a.m. And I, and this was maybe a month or so after the, the panic attack. And I'm, I'm like looking for the answer here. And I found an, a mentor online. He had a, a small program. He said, for anything in your life to change, you're going to have to change. OK, we got that. But where do I change, Jim? I don't know. I don't know where to start. But he yeah. said, OK. In 67 days, scientifically proven, you could change any habit. So I bought into that. I said, well, that's kind of BS. And maybe that <laughs> might work, right? So let's give, you know, what do I have to lose? Where I was a month ago was in the hospital. If yep. Does this guy have something that I can listen to and take advice from and change my life? So I spent the next two months with, with him and his program. And boy, I, le I learned so much stuff, Jim. And one of the biggest things was I wasn't a, I wasn't committed to being a, a lifetime student. Mm -hmm. I thought I knew everything. I thought yeah. I had every single answer. Yeah, that's so powerful. You know, um, I know we're both fans of Jim Rohn. I assume you're a fan of uh, Zig Ziglar. And Zig used to say, um, you know, you don't have success at work if you don't have success at home. You can't have one or the other you can but it won't be and um and it, one of the great joys of my life was meeting him a year before he died he signed a 20 dollars bill for me which i still have somewhere god i hope i have that somewhere <laughs> i don't know where it is actually but anyway um you know so many business owners myself included struggle um with feeling like they're they're superhuman like okay i'm I, it doesn't matter to me i can live on three hours of sleep or four hours of sleep i will get it done right we feel superhuman um, thinking to ourselves, the old expression, nobody can do it as good or as cheap or as fast or as efficient as I can. So I'll be done if I'm going to hire somebody else to do. I'm guessing you had similar thoughts early on. And so how did you, how did you complete that shift 
because if you're working six hours a week, you're, you've obviously shifted and offloaded and, and learned how to delegate. Well, you know, it, it's that checking the ego at the door and find out what I was actually really good at, you know, mm-hmm. and, and go back and say, for anything in my life to change, I have to change and all this stuff. Well, what something was working for me because we were busy. What was making a good income? I had people that trusted me with their cars and would drop. Them. So I, I obviously was doing something right in all of this. So that's right. one of the things I had to acknowledge in myself was say, okay, man, there's something you're really good at, but there's about 10 other things that you're really not that great. They're not as good as you think at that. Yeah. And, and getting super clear on what it was, which was service and, and giving people confidence, helping people, you know, our motto for our business is relax. It was an accident, but giving people confidence and clarity with their auto repairs, that's one of the things that I was good at. And I was good at training other people to adopt that same mentality when dealing with customers. Hmm. I know that you wrote, and um, I apologize, I didn't have a chance to read it before an interview, but um, I know you wrote like a, a white paper or, or a PDF called The Five Keys to Time Freedom. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and maybe share at least one or two of the, of the five? Sure. We already talked about slow down and do less. I okay. slow down and get clear. Um, my third was do less, which was kind of where we were going. And it's not, it's not do less, like sit on, you know, sit on your hands and do nothing. It's, it's do less of those things that are stressing you out, burning you out and are just roadblocks to to your dream business life. And yeah. find those things that you're super good at. We were kind of leading it right, right down that, that avenue. And when I learned that if I just focused on what I was really good at and, and you know, can I, on the team, yeah. can, can I, I want to interject, but you won't lose your place. Will you? Your, your, your no, mind's, your mind is a little sharper than my, your memory. I mean, um, you know, it's funny years ago when I started learning about internet marketing, started going to all the different conferences, Oh, work less or do more. I I've never worked so little, but now I make more. I'm like, Oh crap. Right. But in, in reality, if you're, if you're honest with yourself, what you just said is hugely valuable. Um, when you focus on what you're good at and my great friend, Melanie Benson used to say, focus on your genius. And she'd say, focus on, I'm, I'm no genius. Right. But when you focus on your genius, genius, what you're really good at. And to me, it's coaching. I've learned that. I mean, I've built some great successful business. Now I coach. So I don't want to learn internet marketing. I mean, uh, Facebook ads. I don't want to do this, that, and the other thing. I have people do it for me. Could I learn it? Could I do it? Probably. But I focus and do what I'm really good at. And it's funny. I think that is, in a way, when you hear that work less and earn more, it's work less focus in your area of expertise where high income potential is the greatest. Does that does that make sense? That long sentence I said? Oh, Yeah. Yeah. And, and as I as I focused on service and, and training others to, to serve the customers in that relaxing manner and to do more than what we were paid to doing and add value, add value, add value. I was focused there. I wasn't an Internet marketer. I didn't like fixing my website when it went down. I didn't like, you know, mm-hmm. doing all these other things that. But then as a company, we just started putting people where they were really good. And that was became part of our hiring process. You know, where do people fit in the best? How are people going to benefit this organization the best and not just stick them in a job that they think they want, but really find out what they're good at. And in an automotive business, it's really unheard of. Yeah. Joe, I heard, um, I heard you being interviewed by a great friend of ours, uh, Denise Griffiths. And, um, 
I believe I was kind of fast forwarding just because my time is uh, because I do sleep more than three hours a night now, but then I'm kidding. But I was heard Denise and she asked you about journaling. And I'm like, journaling? That's usually something you don't hear like a, a, a male business owner talk about. I don't mean to get angry hate mail here, but how, how did journaling come into it? Journaling was really huge for me, especially coming out of burnout, because I had the typical business 3 a.m. worries that all your listeners have had or have currently. We've all had them. But what I found was they were they were unfounded. Dale Carnegie, how to stop how to stop worrying and start living. Yep. Right? Most of the things we worry about are never going to happen. They're unfounded. And for me to journal when I when something was really when something was really bad or something I thought was just a real heavy situation, I remember looking at a at a journal entry maybe two weeks later and saying, "Geez, what were you worried about that for?" And and to have a document of it that I made it out of it, it gave me so much strength and gave me so much courage to face other problems. And that was really the turning point when we, my partner and I started getting time freedom, because at every challenge, instead of, you know, being worried about it and kind of playing defense on a challenge, we just headed smack dab right into that challenge because we knew we, we can conquer it. We had so much, it gave us confidence. So journaling really gave me personally confidence to have, to have those conversations, to go into those really sticky business issues and have those entrepreneurial days yeah, yeah. Full confidence. Um, so I'm just curious. You've talked, you, you have a partner and you've been have you've had a partner your whole journey here. Just curious, did your partner have any similar uh either health issues or scare tactics? He's been a great supporting, loving partner of yours. I mean that in the business sense, but did you was was he in a different track or were you both, you know, kind of going haywire a little bit? Well, we you know, we were both going hard. You know, it was something that we had worked on for a long time and Getting the business was a struggle and getting to that point was a lot of work. And, you know, there was a lot of fatigue and there was there was there was a lot going on at that time. And, you know, it could have just as well been him as as me, you know, but we both we both took it as a learning point to where, hey, this isn't where we want to be. And we both have young kids. He had, you know, his kid, his uh, kids are just a few years older than mine. And I had one on the way when I burned mm. out. My wife was, you know, six months pregnant with our first son. So. I said, is this the wow. kind of dad I'm going to be? I'm going to be a burned out dad and try to raise a son in this world. And that's this is the example that I'm going to show to him. And that that weighed on me pretty heavy as well. So a lot of what we're talking about with this time freedom, I think, you know, to use that work life balance, which is kind of an overused thing. But it's but what about somebody that has a home based business like when you when you leave the shop? I mean, you used to come home and work, 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 but you had a brick and mortar business, right? What about those who are solopreneurs and have a home-based business or a boat-based business? How do you how do you maintain that kind of um, commitment to yourself to have time, freedom, and enjoy it? I truly think it's getting clear on exactly what you want. Yeah, and all those pillars and your health, your wealth, your your happiness, your relationships, all those areas getting so much clarity on what it is that you want and not looking to the left or to the right, making a personal decision on what it is that you want. Jim, you want to live on a boat. You've made all the decisions necessary to get to that boat and to live on that boat. Your neighbors might do something else. Your friends might do something else. That was your decision to do that. So you've made the decisions necessary. 
too often we look to what everybody else is doing and the decisions that they make and it's following the followers. Yeah. And as, as a solopreneur, as a, you know, if you, you have <clears throat> employees, you have multiple businesses, it's truly getting clear on what is exactly that you want. And the book that really helped me do it, and I encourage everybody to read it, is The Five Regrets of the Dying. And that mm. book will that book changed my life and really got me clear and focused on what it is that I was going to want when that final day came. Wow. You know, it's so true. Um, I've shared this story before, but um, it's having the courage to live the life that you've wanted and manage to succeed in building. And um, so when I went from coaching five days a week to three to four days a week and then carving out Monday and Tuesday when we got the boat and we started traveling and I'm like, there was one day and I, I've shared this to when I was doing my uh, Dream Business Academy events. I said there was one day, Stephanie and I, we traveled on Monday and then we'd park for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday when I'd be busy doing my calls and stuff. And, um, and there was a Monday and we dropped anchor in this beautiful little cove and we took our dinghy. We motored over to a restaurant and just had burgers or something. And it was beautiful. We dinghied back. And I said, I got to tell you something. I am racked with guilt right now because a vast majority of people are at work. But I managed to create the life that I wanted. My business supports the lifestyle. But man, it, it really... Re do you have, did you suffer with that? Do you suffer with that? I mean, do you go out and play golf if, or what do you do with your free time? You know, right now I was just doing puzzles with my three-year-old and playing baseball uh, with my seven-year-old in our finished basement. You know, um, does the guilt come? Yes. But I remember why I'm doing it because this is my dream. This is my life. And to have the audacity to live the life that you truly want to live that's courage. That's bravery. I applaud people like you, Jim, that are doing that. And, you know, it takes it takes balls to do this. Yeah. And, you know, not everybody understands it. And it doesn't make sense because it's what it's it's contrary to what we've been fed all of our lives. Right. And you know what? My wife, as wives can often do, said something very profound to me. She said, you're a mentor to many entrepreneurs. You tell them to live their dream. Why aren't you doing it yourself? I mean, we were doing it, but I was, you know, and I said, you're right. I can use this as an example. That's when I started sharing that story because you have to work through some of these issues. I have no qualms about not, I mean, when I knock off at, at, on my last call on Thursday, I'm off for, you know, four days and I love it. But five years ago, it was a little bit, it was difficult. Uh, we are like one minute away from uh, ending. Joe, I knew this would be a phenomenal conversation. So, um, if you can give a website where people can connect with you, if you're on social media, and if you want to share that um, that uh, book you wrote or the booklet, The Five Keys to Time Freedom, now's the time to do that. Yeah, right right under my name there, joeperone.biz. Go to the okay. website, and right in the top right corner, uh, you can click the link and get that Five Keys to Time Freedom. I designed it for the busy business owner. It should only take you a half an hour to go through and take action right away on it. Are you going to write a longer version for those people only working six hours a week? <laughs> oh yeah. There's a, there's a book in the works and love to come back when that's uh, that's ready to go. I will definitely have you back, Joe. Thank you so much. It was a great interview folks. If you're watching this, if you're watching it, uh, put up some likes, hearts or, or attaboys love the interview. If you're watching on a replay, put hashtag replay and um, share some, some good comments with, uh, with Joe and myself, but that wraps up this very special interview with Joe Perone. I highly recommend you connect with him. 
Um, again, I've learned a lot from him even before I interviewed him, which is why I know I put him on the air like this. But anyway, connect with me at getchimpalmer.com. That is my home base. Uh, if you're interested in joining uh, myself and about 20 other very 28 very smart entrepreneurs in the Dream Business Mastermind, go to dreambizcoaching.com. Get the six six of my books, including Decide, the, the ultimate uh, mindset book for entrepreneurs. You can get those at uh, Barnes & Noble, at Amazon, and of course, the iBookstore. But that's it. Until this time next week, another fantastic interview. I am Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach. You take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.